Welcome to It's a Good Day Podcast. We are sisters who love to chat and believe that through Jesus, even the tough seasons are good. We want to share the stories of ordinary people and have some laughs along the way. I'm Delight. I'm the older one. I'm August, and I'm the younger one. You never know what will happen on our show, but we hope you will join us as we find the good in every day. All right, I guess we'll jump right in. Today we have... Yes, our brother Corwin Alcana Chrisman. Yep. I'm here. <laughs> yes, we are honored to have Corwin here. We just wish Christian was here too. Maybe we'll do an episode with the four of us sometime. Why oh my word. Do that? I know. That's It'd what we so said. Fun. That would be a blast. We should do it so some fun. evening so yeah. we can like really know that no children are going to wake up. Right. Anyway, we're <laughs> so excited to have Corwin here. Children are a blessing from the Lord. Okay, stop that. They're a blessing from the Lord, but not in the background of podcasts as much. (laughs) (laughs) They're not a blessing for the Lord when they're, yeah. Hey, you want to come after and help me put my mattress on my bed and put the mattress protector on it? I just got a new mattress. You did? Yeah. Where'd you buy it from? (laughs) Metro mattress. The sleep sleep superstore. Oh my God. (laughs) Anyway, so Corwin's here today. We're super excited (laughs) to have him. We're going to just talk about his life and have a blast doing it. You know super it. serious excited to be here. Super and we're drinking what? coffee with foam milk and you have a spot of vanilla. I literally, I was thinking about that on the way over here. Uh-huh. I, Tell us about I your drinking coffee journey. I used to never drink coffee uh-huh. until one day it all changed. Ugh. Why did it change? It's so funny because when I was in school of ministry, I always drank ice caps. And literally, those are still my favorite coffee drink to this day. Like oh, I would so drink sugar yeah. drink. <laughs> I know, but they're delicious. Anyways, <laughs> I I never drank coffee, and then once I switched jobs where I was working overnight all the time, then I everybody else was just drinking coffee, so right. I just started drinking coffee. Yeah. And if you put enough sugar in it, it tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> literally, I'm always like, I don't love uh, coffee. I just like cream. And I like the smell of coffee. Okay, I was thinking this morning, though, how many days I pour myself a cup of coffee. I don't even have coffee every day. I'm more like the idea of it. Like, I pour myself a cup of coffee. I'll drink maybe half of it. Yep. And then, like, whatever. But then other days, I'll drink two, three cups. Or I'll make it again, like today. And I made it delicious. I am going to drink this This whole thing. This is really good. I'm going to have a sip. See, that's so funny because, like, every morning when I come back from work, I see Hannah's cup beside the sink. You have sugar? And it's... I have gentle sweet in it i see hannah's cup beside the sink and it's like like a quarter full still okay and i think i just realized this it just really it just came this. let me see <laughs> it has my no sugar in it and you guys like it better. Oh, yeah, it's it's really good. Good. yeah it's pretty good you can have it back. <laughs> anyway so i see her cup that has like half of a cup or a quarter of a cup still mm-hmm. and i think i yeah, just yeah. realized that what is really happening is Hannah's drinking a full cup of coffee and then going getting another cup and uh, then like she's not right. drinking the whole thing and putting it. So you kind of were sink. thinking that she wasn't finishing her. That's cup, hilarious. Actually, well, babe, I'm sure you'll listen to this at some point, but I just came to the realization <laughs> that's probably what's happening. So <laughs> Maybe. if it is, let me know. Okay. Although, see, so what I do a lot of times is I drink about half a cup and then I refill. And th- oh, yeah. drink half a cup and then. Refill. And then you Got don't it. use as much cream and sugar for the next refill, or no? I don't usually put more sugar, but sometimes a little more cream. That, see, that's what I do. Okay. I And I also like it sweet. So, like, that's the thing. But the thing is, I have... There are certain coffees now that if it's a pour over, I can drink it black. Oh, I don't know what that is. Like, that's what at the PB&J is. 
if you'd get just a coffee. Oh, like each one like individually. And then... Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> no. No. Yeah, it's like the little thing. That's you do espresso. With this. Oh. It's not that. Mind, it's like where I'm it's just one cup style. is made at a time. It's almost like a teapot. Oh. Even though oh. it's called a gooseneck kettle and they like pour it over. Yeah. Pour it over. Pour it over. One cup at a time, pretty much, right? Yeah. Anyway. So, okay, but I was talking to, or I heard someone talking about, like, picking and choosing with things, you know, because, like, I always am, like, a little guilty that I just love cream in my coffee. Mm. And I always think, would I just lose a bunch of weight if I didn't do that, you know? But these last four months that I've been losing weight consistently and having my yummy coffee every morning, I think it's more about the sugar than the cream. Yeah. And I just... Like, it just makes me enjoy the day. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy it and stop feeling like I have too much cream. Whenever I order coffee and I'm I'm always like, can I have a coffee with too much cream, please? (laughs) (laughs) Do you really say that? I did. Well, to Nick for sure. Uh, But (laughs) I would say... Yeah, go to the McDonald's person. Hey, can I have too much cream in my coffee, please? (laughs) I don't think they know At the cafe, I always say, can you give me... I want a 12 ounce and a 16 cup cup so that i have enough room for cream <laughs> That's no, funny. Not, i used to say i'd like cream. a 12 ounce with room for cream but then i'm like no i still want just as much coffee just like you know oh, look at you in mcdonald's in the mcdonald's buck. large i get eight eight creamers mm-hmm. my friend heather taught me that oh, it's terrible knowing how many calories are in one little of creamer of those things it's like 20 or something so yeah. Uh, I can handle. I can handle hundred. So, like we going through all of our calorie counting like phases. Uh-huh. <clears throat> now that I drink coffee, like I know exactly how much cream and how much maple syrup, or how much of the like sweet sweetened, what are they specialty creamers or whatever. Right. <laughs> how much I can put in each cup of coffee or whatever. That's and it's just terrible looking at the label and being like, oh, this is gonna be. 150 calories extra. You're like, oh, I can't have that much cream. Mm-hmm. But the flavored creamers are amazing. I love, oh, I love flavored creamers. See, I don't at all. I did really? used to, but they're just, you're becoming taste a like, coffee snob. They taste like chemicals to they me. They do. And yeah. I've done do so like many times with, I've done no sugar so yeah. many times in my life over the last 20 years. And I just know that it just is the best, tastes the best. Sugar? Just regular no sugar. sugar. Like I'm oh. saying, like having, I don't See, know, they're just the so yucky to me. Coffee taste. I don't really love the coffee taste. Right. That which helps. I'm getting there. Yesterday. Lots of people love them. Yesterday I said to Hannah, I said, oh, I can't wait for wintertime when we can just like drink our coffees in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you I know, you're it. becoming a coffee person. That's when? great. Corinne, will you just tell our listeners a little Anyways. bit about you? All you are right. almost officially the first man that we've had. Who else? I'm, I don't think I've ever heard another guy. Caleb Lego. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. He was our yes. first. So okay. you are our second. All right. Well, still not officially the first man, but that's okay. It's yeah. not the end of the world. You're right at the, at the starting I can, point. I can bow to Caleb's uh, mastery <laughs> maleness. I'm like... I'm a little, I mean, you're my brother, so it feels a little different, but I'm intimidated to have guys. Really? Because I don't know, like it just feels, 
Hmm. Not because it's guys, not because it's a man, I don't think, but it's just like, feels like it'd be harder to have a conversation, especially when how we are just kind of doing normal people that don't do that for a living. Right. Like people who do it for a living, I think it's different, but like, we're just like having people and women tend to be talkers <laughs> a little more, you know? So it's easier to just That's so true. get in the conversation. But mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, but it's all you're a good place to start. I think we'll have Christians right? too. Yeah, can be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Jordan's a talker, but like he likes to talk, but he's like, yeah, does not like the idea of being of recorded. That's true. Yeah, but we're working. We're going to get our husbands one of these days. Okay. Yes. All right. So tell us about yourself and your family a little bit. Okay. Um, like how the, old are you? I think the funny thing about podcasts or like telling people about yourself is like, you're literally my sisters. You've known me all right. my life. So it's funny to like tell you about it. But Tell our I, listeners. It's, it's fun because then you get to spin your own story how you want to spin it. <laughs> True. Exactly. Let's see. I am 30 years old now. I have four children. I am married to the most beautiful woman in the world. Sorry for everybody else, but it's just a fact of life. Um, we live in Lowville now. Uh, just recently moved within the last, I think it's eight months. Yep, eight months that we moved back to Lowville. Um, let's see here. Um, Hannah was on our podcast, episode 29, That's his wife. That's true. Yep, she was. So you'll have to look back to that. Listen for that. Oh, let's see. Let's. Uh, why don't I just start at the beginning of like the you last... You were born at a very young age. I'm not dad. Come on. <laughs> That's exactly what he would say though. But let's 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 start like at the beginning of like this last year so that they're kind of up to speed at what's going on and that kind of thing. So I recently transferred out of Lewis County and took a different job in Rome. And just within the last year, I think it's 8 months, we transferred back to Lewis County, uh being back where my family is and being close to all the people that we know love and trust and love anyway so now we um we moved back to lewis county back to lowville and just recently uh, hopefully within the next like week our house will be sold that will be super super nice well tell us you know like what you do Tell us about your personality. What do you, what are your hobbies? You know, that kind of thing. All right. What I do, my personality and my hobbies. What I do, I work for a police department here in Jefferson County or there in Jefferson County because we're actually in Lewis County. Mm-hmm. I work for a police department. I work overnights. Um, I work 12-hour shifts generally, but I only have to work like seven days a week, which is super nice. Wait, like seven days a week? Seven <laughs> seven days every two weeks. There we seven go. days a week. Wow, that would be a lot of work. <laughs> it's super nice. I only have to work every day. So I only oh, have to work. Good. I only have to work eighty four hours a week. It's not a big deal. But no. So I am a police officer. I absolutely love my job, despite everything that's going on right now. It's still a job that I absolutely love, and I wouldn't change to do anything else. Definitely wouldn't. Um, okay. So hobbies. No. What was the next thing? Whatever. What was the next thing? Hobbies. I love to work out. That's probably my hobby. Next to my family. I don't consider my family my hobby. My family's <laughs> my life. Right. <laughs> so my I love my family. I love to work out. I am by no means a an amazing athlete or anything like that, but I absolutely love working out. I love seeing transformations 
and I just like the idea of living a life that's healthy and feeling good about yourself and knowing that, hey, I'm going to be able to play with my grandkids when I'm 60 years old and go down the slip and slide with them rather than sit and watch. You know what I mean? As an old man or whatever. Or be able to run. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just being able to do sports. I think of Benny Rogi. And he's like he's been active all his life. He's had a job where he's been active. Right. And I don't know that he's he's not much into working out or lifting weights or any of that kind of stuff. But he's been active, which just shows you when you're active, like you're able to continue to be. Anyway, what was the other question? There was three. How would you describe yourself? How would I describe myself? Um, I'm a pretty fun loving person. I, I enjoy adventure, but I'm not like over the top adventurous. I'm not going to jump off of a really high bridge and do a creek or bungee, something like that. Bungee jumping? I'm not going to bungee jump. I'm not going to skydive. Sky dive. Really not? I, I would either. if I had the opportunity, but I'm not going to go after it. Like I just, I wouldn't spend the money to do it okay. right now. You know what I mean? The, the okay. value for well, it would I was be. just curious because like, I'm like, I feel like I would want to do all those things. I know. I heard, I'm like, absolutely I heard one of your not. things. I would not want to yeah. do that. No way. I'm good. It's interesting. Like, it's just interesting the things in life that, like, okay, you're saying, well, you might if you had the opportunity. You wouldn't, August. Corwin's saying he would if he maybe had the opportunity. And I feel like I definitely would if I had the opportunity. And I feel like, but right now, we both are, like, I also am, like, well, I probably wouldn't. But, like, it's probably the money that would hold you back. That's what would hold me back is the money. And, like, okay, okay, is what would hold me back. Like, it's interesting the different things. So, say we're all right now transported into a plane we have all the gear it's free oh yeah if i've got all the gear on i'm there I you would jump, jump out, out. you yeah. jump out yeah you both would jump out yeah, yeah i absolutely. would if if they would promise me that, that i wasn't gonna, gonna break the thing <laughs> well of course don't well, you think they have them for different weight sizes no, i think you have to be a certain weight you have to be a certain for weight, I'm pretty sure. certain things at least for sure yeah you don't think they have like strong enough things for certain weeks i don't know i think they wouldn't risk it i think i'd be reminded back to the beaver camp days and be like i have to do this because i need to get over my fear uh-huh, uh-huh. oh man yeah. i did those things at beaver camp and don't like them okay parasailing though yeah that is what i want to do yeah that would be super fun because like i feel like i'm very confident in the water oh yeah that's like so with like, a plane pulling you but on the then, water or well <laughs> no but you're in the air you start with like a boat i think and then you go up into the air like you're you're floating with a okay like a interesting i can't talk see i could do a hot air balloon <laughs> <laughs> okay guys one mile an hour we're gonna start going up <laughs> anyway okay sorry that wasn't that wasn't about me but um okay so you're i'm so, just saying i so think that you're i would be adventurous like with the if the opportunities presented themselves i don't think one th- no, I don't think. I think one thing I wouldn't do is probably bungee jumping because okay. I have seen videos of people that have bungee jumped and then the rope gets wrapped around their neck. Ugh, scary. And that's really and scary. Do and f- they didn't die, but it, it, right. if they weren't very quick on their head and they had panicked, yeah, yeah. they would be dead like within yeah. 15 seconds. Do you so. think that other things that as a police officer, like have made you more careful about like maybe not bungee jumping, but like 
are there things that you've seen or experienced that have changed maybe your outlook on certain things? Yeah, I, you definitely see like the, the worst side of certain situations, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like accidents or even people that have played around with guns or people that have played around with drugs, all of that stuff. And the end result is if you're, if you're not smart, like you die basically. Right. You know what I mean? If you're driving down the road at 70 miles an hour and you hit somebody, like you're pretty much dead. Yeah. Depending on the situation. Although God can still, I mean, he still works his miracles and people come out of those situations unscathed. But I think that it definitely, when you see it all the time over and over and over, you're like, oh, okay, this is what I'm not going to do. Right. Definitely. As far as, I mean, obviously the legal stuff, doing drugs and that kind of thing, that's never been a question in my mind. Yeah. But you can, you definitely see how quickly something can turn bad. Right. So it makes you think about stuff a little bit more. Yeah. But I don't know that I've really seen stuff from like people doing adventure things. Yeah. Not, not, yeah. I haven't specifically seen it. Right. But anyway, anyway. carry on anyway, with your, so how you describe yourself. My self-assessment. <laughs> I always, I always love those. Let's see. Um, anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm adventurous, but I'm not super over adventurous. My number one thing is my family. So how I would describe myself is I was a family man. If I could do, if I could do what I wanted to do all the time, it would be, um, be hanging out with my kids, with my wife, with, with my friends and family, you know what I mean? Just, just hanging out, doing whatever, playing games, um, having a good time going on road trips, just spending time together. So I would describe myself as a family man. I do enjoy doing things though. Like I don't like to just sit around the house. Right. So I'm I'm not a I'm not one for like video games or much TV, like that kind of thing. So I guess I would describe myself as pretty active. Um I don't know all, all of the listeners probably have seen some of my workout videos on Facebook and Instagram, but I love doing workouts with the family and, and that kind of thing and just being active. So, but I'm pretty laid back. I'm not, I don't usually get too hypersensitive about much stuff. Um, pretty easy to, pretty easy to be around, pretty easy going. As long as I can be hanging out with friends and family and just having a good time, I'm pretty laid back. Yeah. I don't know. It's funny. It's always funny doing a self-assessment because you're like, oh, how am I amazing? (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm amazing in this and this and this. (laughs) Not much that I get up in arms about, really. Although the kids can make me crazy sometimes. That's pretty normal. Everybody's kids can make them crazy. (laughs) Yep. And you had four pretty close together. Yeah. So let's, let's go down that vein. Got married at 21. Um... We started having kids pretty much right away. I think 10 months is when we first got pregnant, or Hannah got pregnant, and had Castle, whatever it was, nine months later, 10 months later. And then from Castle to Lana, it was like a two-month period, I think, before we got pregnant again, like almost right away. Right. And then from Lana to Cruz... I think it was about that same, maybe 
three months, four months. And then about we were able to wait <laughs> about a year from cruise to sky. And that was a little bit better. Um, that was a little bit better timed pregnancy. And Hannah at that point was like, okay, I'm ready to get pregnant again. Right. So we have four kids. Castle is seven. Lana is six. Cruz is five. And Sky is three. So they are very, very close together. They keep us extremely busy. I literally don't know how my wife does it. I probably don't tell her enough how amazing she is because I could not stay home with my kids 24-7. I think that, I think that either my kids would be a lot more unhappy <laughs> or I would be a lot more unhappy because one thing there, there, here's another personality thing. I'm a very like regimented person. So if something seems out of order, like I'm going to make it be in order right. so that I can live with it or I can deal with it. Just like a schedule other than today, Ooh. <laughs> other than being late today um, or not late, but forgetting about today. Other than other than that, I I really like to have specific schedule and specific time for things and making sure that you know what I mean. If I'm if I'm planning something, that I'm there on time, that kind of thing. Which tough mm-hmm. with Hannah's personality because she's very not like that at all. <laughs> she's very uh, not scatterbrained. What's the word? Just just you know non-scheduled and I think that that comes with having four kids because she more than I have to think about it she has to think about getting them all ready and making sure that they have clothes on and all that stuff which I don't care if they want to come with me they could just they could just come with no clothes on I don't really care <laughs> right they could just come with no food in their bellies it doesn't really matter to me I that's d- why we need a mom and a dad <laughs> exactly exactly how like those differences though how have you have you and how have you kind of figured that out within like to still have a happy marriage within being different being different and i think it all boils down to expectations this is something that we come back to in our marriage all the time Mm -hmm. hannah's a big expectations person i'm not as much of an expectation person um so if she expects something to be a certain way um then it's really, really important for her for that to get followed through on for that expectation of, of whatever it is. For me, I'm more of a go with the flow when it comes to expectations. Or if I, if I expect something, I make it known. And I say, this is how I want it to be. And this is how I want it to go. Mm-hmm. And then if it doesn't, then I'm frustrated because I voiced my desire or whatever and it didn't happen where hannah kind of she's more i don't know i'd say women are kind of more like this they just assume a little bit that you can read their minds as a guy at least we hope you can well try yeah i'm not very good (laughs) at reading minds but it's so funny marriage is such a funny thing like Mm -hmm. literally living with somebody all the time like if you think if you think about how much it takes of just like dying to yourself to live with someone else. Yeah. Anyway, just marriage and working, working Communication. with each other. And it's crazy. I love it. I love it. That's one thing that I really want my kids to be strong in is communication. Cause I feel like that's like the driving force of life with, with friends, with family, with your spouse, with coworkers, with your boss, with everybody. Right. Which is kind of terrible. If you work for somebody who's not a good communicator, it's terrible. 
You know what I mean? If you work with somebody who doesn't want to confront anything or doesn't want to deal with anything, right. you're just going to end up not knowing. Right. You know what I mean, a lot of people, like, they assume that, oh, that you can just read my mind and know exactly what my issues are, what I need or what I don't need. But really, nobody knows until you voice, you know what I mean, how you feel. So communication is just huge. Right. right. How do you feel like you get there? I mean, you know, somebody listening saying, well, yeah, I'd like to do that, but I'm not very good at that. Where do you, where do you start with that? It starts, get good at it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It starts with making a plan. And it communication starts with communication. <laughs> so for us... Starts with talking. We, from a very from basically from the beginning of our even dating process. Um, Your very long dating process. Yeah. Oh, what what was it? Uh, two weeks? <laughs> oh, shoot. What was I saying? Oh, communication. Yes. From, from the beginning of us dating, like communicating was like huge because it's very, I know how important it is. That's what we were taught as kids. That's what I was taught as a kid to be able to communicate with people, express your wants, your desires, your needs, your dislikes, all of that stuff. So I think that um, to have communication, you have to sit down and communicate and make a plan of, hey, here's, first of all, you need to know my desires and my wants and my dislikes and all of those things. And then from there, you can make a plan to, okay, when, when we meet at crossroads, this is what happens. Right. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times out of a a marriage, the frustration is the frustration comes up. And then if you don't address it, you don't talk about it, you don't figure out a way around it or over it or under it, Mm -hmm. that impasse is just going to be there until you address it. Right. And if you don't address it, it will come up later because it's it. You can't. I, I don't believe that you can just move on from stuff. Right. God obviously gives us the ability to forgive, but forgiving is totally different. That's from an offense that happens to you rather than an, an issue in your marriage that needs to be addressed or needs to be dissected right. and taken apart and all right. that It stuff. doesn't usually do that unless both people just like work on it in themselves and like, yeah. Right. There's definitely stuff where it, there's heart issues You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? That can really be dealt with. The Lord can deal with us specifically, even if, even if you, you know what I mean? You meet this impasse and you say, okay, well, I'm going to take this away and I'm going to talk to the Lord about it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pray about it. And then he helps you fix that thing. Mm -hmm. That's different than being like, oh, I never do the dishes after I make a meal. You know what I mean? And one of you, if like a spouse is like, oh, well, that really frustrates me. Well, it's not necessarily a wrong against the other person. That's just like a, okay, how do we figure this out? Like, do, do we take turns doing the dishes? Do whoever makes the meal, do they do the dishes or whoever doesn't make the meal, do they do the dishes? You know what I mean? That's just something that you have to communicate so that you can live in harmony with someone else. Right. With all those expectations. You said you love your job. You, yep. I don't know. Did you say that you always wanted to do that? Um, no, I didn't talk about that at all. So, so yeah. So start at the beginning. Like, what? Like, I know that you, obviously, being your sister, I know. I know all of this, but yeah. Um, that from a young age, you really loved. There's being- literally pictures 
of me when I'm, I think, six or seven years old in like homemade police uniforms. I think mom made me like the striped pants and a few different things for my uniform. And I always had guns. So those were a dime a dozen. <laughs> um, but toy, there's toy guns. Toy guns. At that yes, point. yes. Toy guns. At six years old, I didn't have real guns. <laughs> Dad wouldn't have, he wouldn't have gone That's for that. That's wonderful. Anyway, so at, even at a, as a six year old, I like loved. That's all we did. We always played cops and robbers, and we always talked about being police officers. Fast forward till I was probably sixteen, I would say sixteen, and I had a, like a, a legit sit down conversation with Dad about being a police officer, and he was basically saying, "I would think I was struggling with school, like I just didn't want to do school," and he sat down with me and. And said, if you want to be a police officer, like, you have to do school. Right. I, maybe it was earlier than that. Maybe it was more like 12. Because at that point, mm-hmm. I think I was I was not really wanting to do school. But I would do it. But it was just a lot tougher. And the way that I learn is very one-on-one oriented. And that was just not something that mom and dad were able to give me. And the rest Right, because of- we were all close together and we are all doing school at the same time every day right i was a very like i need you sitting next to me (laughs) Mm -hmm. i don't that's so funny like i think about it now like i wonder why i had that like anxiety when i was doing my school of i need to have somebody right there i think that it was because in the times when i did need somebody mom wasn't there and so i was like if i'm gonna sit here and pour myself into this school you have to be here too. <laughs> right. And even maybe just the fear of like, if I'm I'm messing up, then at least if she's sitting here, she can like tell me that I'm messing up now instead of like yeah. doing the whole workbook all wrong. And then, yeah, I don't know. She would normally look stuff over afterwards, I think, and make sure that it was correct. You know what I mean? Like after like a page or two or whatever it was but anyway so at whatever it was between the ages of 12 and 16 dad sat me down and said hey if you want to be a police officer and you want to have any hope of this you're going to have to apply yourself to school and i think at that point a switch turned off and me and was basically like i'm never going to be a police officer because i don't have what it takes to apply myself or i don't have the desire at this point to apply myself to learn what needs to be learned so that i could do the clerical side of policing. Fast right, you didn't forward. have enough confidence in your. Oh in no, yourself. absolutely not. I am a very confident person, but if there's one area where I've never been confident, which is switched now, but where I wasn't confident, it was academics, reading, writing. So I never, I never really had the uh, belief that I could become a police officer because it takes a lot of a few specific things to even take the test to to pass the entrance exam you know what i mean there's a lot of reading comprehension a lot of um understanding the written word which is just was very difficult for me because i didn't i didn't like to read and i didn't like to write which are two specific things that you kind of have to have (laughs) to be a police officer so from age 16 or 12 or 13 14 whatever it was that dad sat down to talk to me till i would say 18 
when I graduated, quote unquote, graduated homeschool, um, I never, I was just kind of put that on the back burner of, oh, well, I'm never going to be a police officer. And that's just what it is because I'm not, basically, I'm not good enough in that area. So then at 18, I went to SOM, which is School of Ministry in Toronto. And I did the heart module. It's a four month um, biblical program, just focusing on yourself, focusing on being um, somebody who is healed up and someone who is able to be in communication with the Father and who can minister to others and all of those wonderful, wonderful things. So I was there for about four months, maybe a little over four months. I ended up taking an internship in Toronto with the church uh, with a guy named Ben and it was kind of like your time at school of ministry right yeah it was right after so it was basically the two were attached to each other so I went to school of ministry for four months and then right after everybody was from the school of ministry was looking at different internships and and just being more involved with the church and all that and uh, Ben asked me to uh, be his intern which Basically, for him, it's it's so funny thinking back on it now. But there was it was a very new program, and there wasn't really a lot of expectations, which is funny because, like looking back on it, I wish that I would have been able to sit down and say, okay, what do you want me to do? Like, what are my responsibilities? It was more like ninety five percent of doing the clerical work and five percent actually getting sewn into by the person I was interning for, which is just, it was just totally different than what I thought it was going to be, which is fine. The Lord ended up turning it around and making it a blessing in the end. But so let's back up just a little bit. While I was at school of ministry, completed all of that stuff, got asked to do the internship right afterwards, started the internship and very quickly realized, oh, wow, this is not going to be, this is not going to be an internship. This is basically just a job. So I would go to work every day and I would be typing these emails up. I would be writing pamphlets. I would be reading things. I'd be dictating emails and letters and all that stuff, doing a lot of writing, a lot of reading where stuff that I'm not confident at at all. (sighs) Anyway, so going through these days of, of, all these emails and and these different things and still having some contact with with um the guy that I was interning with and he would give me feedback on stuff and he he'd teach me how to write a better sentence and how to spell better and all of those things but <laughs> ended up I think I got out of the internship maybe a month or two early and decided that you know what this is not not for me full-time ministry is not where I want to be kind of thing, or I don't even remember how some of that stuff happened, but obviously God was calling my heart back to Lewis County. Um, I should probably tell you that guys this, but SOM is in Canada. It's like six hours away from where I was born, where I was raised and where we live now. You may already know that because Delight's probably talked about it, but um, anyway, so many, many conversations on the phone with my parents and, and ended up making the decision to come back to Lewis County and work for mom and dad. 
um, at the at the business at North Country Memorials, formerly known as Lewis County Monuments. <laughs> um, so then I did that from age 19 to age 20, ended up meeting Hannah and continued working for the business for North Country Memorials until I was 26. So basically from the time I was 19 to the time I was 26, I was doing sales and I was getting better at reading and writing and doing all those things, but not, not very good. Still not very good, not confident at all. And actually, it was 2015. I think the 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 end of 2015, and that summer, the summer of 2015, um, one of my best friends at the time, Tyler Lego. So he um, he ended up doing the fairs with me that summer. We hired him to basically be my assistant, be my secretary, and. We were in a hotel one night just talking about my dreams and my desires and my hopes and all that stuff. This is literally like the turning point of when I made the decision to start working at stuff was that night in the hotel down in Herkimer. And we were talking about I didn't love the job that I had at the time, which was selling monuments. It was a very uh, deathly job. <laughs> and... Uh, and Tyler's like, well, well you want to be a police officer? He obviously knew that because we were best friends. And he um, he was like, why don't you just start working at it? Like, you could learn. You could be taught. You could you could go back to school. You know what I mean? You can start figuring stuff out. I, I wish I had. I don't think I do. But I was like, that night, a, a switch just, like, flipped in my mind. And I was just like, you know wow. what? Like, you're right. I know I can do it. Which Hannah and Tyler both had been telling me probably for three or four years since I had really voiced the desire to, to still do the police thing, probably from age 22 to age 25, they had always been like, you know that you could do it, right? Like you have the drive, but I just never had enough confidence in myself to take that step in my mind of, okay, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. Right. So anyway, that night in the hotel, we're sitting there, or I think we were both laying in our in our um, beds just talking and stuff, and he was like, well, why don't you just start practicing? Like, what's your biggest hang-up right now? Like, what do you feel like you need the most? And I was like, I do not know how to write. Like, I need to learn how to write if I'm going to do this. He's like, he was like, go to get a piece of paper, go get a pencil, start writing, just write a sentence, just start right there. You know what I mean? Write about anything. It doesn't matter what it is. I'll help you. And he was basically like, I'll, tu- I'll tutor you and teach you, you know what I mean, what you need to know. It's Tyler's freaking, he's smart. He's so smart. And so he could obviously do that and, and be able to say, here's the correct punctuation and here's misspelled words and all that stuff, which I have lots of other people in my life that, that could do that as well because that's kind of a basic thing, <laughs> being able to spell. It's um, so cool that the Lord used him in that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's super, super, which I think I've talked, we've talked about it many, many times of he was like literally the turning point for me and and just being like, you know what? I can do it. So I flipped a switch that night and I started writing. That night, I think I wrote a sentence. I don't remember what it was about, but I wrote like maybe two lines on a, normal piece of paper and then he like read it and and was like yep that's good and and let's keep going basically and so i wrote a couple more and then throughout the rest of those fairs i started writing and 
he um, just continued to encourage me. And at that point, I was like, okay, what's what do I need to do um, to be able to become a police officer? So, and I started the GED process, which was, I think it took me maybe three to four months from beginning to when I started to the end, um, when I actually got my GED. Yeah, probably like four months. I started going to the classes. I think it was once or twice a week, only mm-hmm. an hour or two. And it was basically, that was just a tutor. Right. Like they would just put the coursework in front of you. You would have to work on it. But at that point, I was, I had the drive to actually work at it and work at it really hard. So Mr. Hodge, my GED teacher, he's probably never going to hear this, but he is the man. He was very, very good at, at teaching. And it's it's kind of interesting because teaching is a very hard job. Yeah. You have to have a lot of patience because when somebody doesn't know something and you have to teach them and they don't just grasp it really fast, like it's it's not easy to tell somebody the same thing over and over and over and continue to remind them of the rules and all these different things with schooling. But Mr. Hodge did a great job and um Something that's funny. I remember going into that class the first time and seeing, I think there was like four four or five different girls that were in that class with me. And I started, we all did like this this test. I think they did a test like every three months to see where you were at. Right. I was literally at the lowest, out of all the people in that class, I was the lowest educated level or whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. Right. But I, I literally, within four months, I took my GED courses and I went and took my test and I got my GED before every single one of those girls. Nice. And they were all public school educated, dropped out, and just, for whatever reason, didn't, um, didn't get their high school diploma. But they were all all there. And I even went back and visited Mr. Hodge. I don't know what it was. Maybe five, six months later. And a lot of those girls were still in that class. Which is just crazy to me to think about. Like that's how determined I was. Because I was like, right. I'm going to do whatever it takes to pass my GED and to work hard to get there. Right, which, Anyway, so if we forward then after having my GED, I was like, okay, well, now um, I'm going to enroll in college because that's kind of the next level. I'm not going to continue doing high school stuff. I'm going to enroll in college. And I went to JCC, started doing classes there. And some of my classes weren't even credited. They were just... Like, okay, you have to take this class so that you can take accredited class. Right. I remember my math class, my entry-level math class. Basically, going through all these courses at JCC, learning, doing what I needed to do. Um, big shout-out to Aunt Dawn and Brielle because they both did some tutoring kind of thing with me when it came to some English stuff. And turned out I really like writing. I really like to write. It's it's fun. I enjoy it. Um and with Word, you can pretty much, you can pretty much do your own paper, and you can, you know, I me mean, do it all the spell check and do all the editing. Anyways, 
but no. So throughout the process of, I think I was, I think I went there for a year, JCC, and I took, I took a few different classes and got like thirty credits or something like that, and then um, started taking entrance exams to police departments and didn't test very high at first. I think I was getting. I don't know. I think the first one I did was with Brock out in Connecticut. That was maybe one of the first ones. I think I got an 80, 75 or 80, but that wasn't high enough to get hired. I remember getting a test back from, from the city of Watertown and they sent me a letter. I think I got an 80 on their test. They sent me a letter and said, basically, if you don't get a 90 or above, you're never going to get a call back from our police department. So that was kind of like a wake up, like, oh my gosh, like I need to work harder at like learning these tests. So I got online and I bought a test. I bought a, uh, like a help book or like a test. What was it called? It was like a mock test online. It was an app like on a practice my phone. Test yeah. Mm-hmm. So I started doing those like every single night. Um, Cause I think at that point I was working for the state, New York state doing OPWDD. Uh, working with people with developmental disabilities, which I really loved that job. Um, but I was working overnight, so on my nights off, I would be studying. I would be doing my school work from JCC, and I would be doing that test studier or that practice test. And even during the day, sometimes I would do that. I would just sit there on my phone and I would just like go through the questions, just so my brain like would get used to what words to look for and all that all that stuff. Um, anyway, so then we fast forward again to, I completed my schooling, not completed. I didn't get my degree. I have 30 credits with JCC and, but I felt like I was at the place. Okay. I'm, I'm good enough now to where I can put a sentence together. I know, I know basic spelling and reading and writing and, and I know basic math. I'm sorry to break in here in the middle of Corwin's story, but we just didn't have enough time for the whole thing. So part two will be next week. We hope you will join us and have a great week. Thanks for listening.